It's time for the podcast with two guys whose BMI is higher than their IQ. It's the Morning Five, sponsored by Smith's Floor Coverings. This is a double cheek push here. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Our pet's heads are falling off! Guess what today is? I like turtles. Hump day! Hump day! You're my boy, Blue! Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! We want it now! I don't know how long this is going to last. Good morning, West Georgia, and welcome in the Morning 5 podcast. Today is indeed hump day. It is also Pop Culture Wednesday. It's also, Billy, today, today, Billy, National Coffee Ice Cream Day. Uh, sure, we'll go with that. You ever had coffee ice cream? Yeah, I have. Have you? Yeah. It's it's not my favorite, but yeah, I've done it. Is that a uh, is that a flavor that Buttered Utter has? I'm assuming so. Oh yeah. Oh, you know what? They don't they have like a Turkish coffee ice cream thing? Yeah, it's I, something like that. I think that's what Emily gets. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think she likes a coffee Oreo or something like that. It's like a. Hmm. Hold on, I'll figure out what it is. Don't worry. I have I have connections. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's called Vietnamese coffee Oreo or something like that. I think uh, I think that's what oh, I can't spell uttered, but that, that's close enough. It's early in the morning. Spelling's not my forte anyways. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's like a Vietnamese Turkish coffee something another. But I, yeah, I forgot right. about that. I don't think I've never had it. Emily loves it, um, but I, you know, I'm a huge fan of coffee, so I would definitely try that. Uh, those two mixed together. Uh, Billy, last night the Braves fall to the Cardinals, ten to six. Not a great outing by Mike Soroka, man. And even worse news after the game about Soroka. Uh, he goes three innings, gives up five earned runs, does strike out six, so that's a nice little bright spot, I suppose. Uh, but he is going on another IL stint with numbness in his fingers. What? I, I feel bad for him. I, I really do. do. And it, there's just really nothing else that we can do about the, about him at this point. You know, the, there was so much potential, so much just good vibes coming from him. And then... The Achilles happened, and I I swear, man, if the Achilles didn't happen, where would Mike Soroka be right now? Yeah, I I think that's one of those big, you know, there's a lot of big what-ifs in sports as far as injuries go and stuff like that. Like, I always think about uh, uh, King Griffey Jr. and Greg Oden and um, uh, Derek Rose, you know, some big what-ifs in sports. I don't think Soroka's as big of a what-if nationally but I, I agree with you. He's a huge what if here in Atlanta. If that if that never happened, if these string of injuries never happened, what would Soroka be right now in this rotation? Yeah, that's it's just it sucks. So I, I hate it for him. Um, but you know we're gonna have to move on. This is why we have the depth that we have. Uh, AJ Smith Chauver is still down down at Gwinnett that we can still use. Um, you know, I think he's injured though too. Um, I think you're right. I believe he picked up. Uh, hold on, let me look. I think you're right. I think he's injured as well. Uh, but I mean, that's why we have the depth in in Gwinnett that we do, and we we've talked about this all year round. Um, so we'll see we'll see how it works out. In all reality, 
it ain't going to matter in the grand scheme of things because we've got the four that we need going down the stretch. We've got Elder, we've got Strider, we've got Freed, and we've got Morton. Though we'll only use three of them in the playoffs. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, and, and and we still have Kyle Wright who's rehabbing. I guess still, I haven't heard much news from him down on the farm, but I assume the rehab's going fine. Yeah, so that's coming up, and I hopefully he's going to be bouncing back a little bit sooner than later. Uh, yeah, it, it sucked, but it, it is yeah. what it is. It's it's one of one sixty two. You write it off and you move on for sure, for sure. And uh, Smith Shaver was reinstated from the IL uh, on Monday, so you know probably one or two rehab starts. I would think in AAA. Uh, and then, and then he's probably coming back to the major leagues to fill that to fill that roster spot. Hate it for Soroka, man. Really sucks. He is a guy I think all Braves fans are pulling for, whether he's with the Braves organization or not. Um, he's one of those guys that the Braves fans are good. We're gonna pull for him, man. We, we're gonna want to see him come back. And obviously, I don't want him to be a dominant pitcher somewhere. Uh, Vietnamese coffee, Oreo, or something like that is the ice cream. Uh, That's what I said. Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> um, but Soroka is one of those guys that I would love to see come back, and I don't care what organization he's with. I just want to see him be a major league pitcher. And yeah. I, I hope it's with the Braves, but, it, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, he's so much up and down, up and down, up and down. So Smith Shaver is back. He's playing with AAA. I would assume we'll see him up in the major league level pretty soon. Um, and then uh, Kyle Wright, I, I you know, I, I assume it's going okay. I haven't heard any, I haven't heard anything from Kyle Wright really down on the down on the farm down on his rehab starts. Haven't either, um, but we'll see how it works out. I mean, we've still got a couple weeks. I mean, what well, we've got twenty something games left. Yeah, somewhere um, so around. Uh, Kyle Wright excels in rehab start, but Gwinnett Strippers lose late leads. That's good to hear. That's good to hear from down there. And our magic number is 11 now for the Atlanta Braves. Magic number down to 11, almost in the single digits. Billy must have lost. Yep. Yep, they did. Magic number down to 11. Billy, we have our Wednesday. We have two special Wednesday segments that I think we're going to start having um, uh, probably every Tuesday. Uh, we had to move it to Wednesday this week because we didn't have a Monday podcast. So this will this will normally be a Tuesday uh, Tuesday topic, but we will have high school football, college football, and NFL power rankings every single week. Now, obviously, this week we just have high school football and college football because NFL starts up tomorrow. Uh, but let's go ahead and run down our top five. For college football, so the top five right now, according to uh, according to voters in college football, is do it's a uh, one one through five. It's Georgia, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Florida State, Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State. that's the that's the AP top twenty. That's the AP top ten right now. Florida State jumping four spots, Bama jumping one, and Ohio State dropping two spots. So my top five. Looks like this. I have Notre Dame at five. I think they looked really good the first two weeks of the season. Sam Hartman might be an early Heisman candidate. That that quarterback is going to set a ton of records this year. He looked really good. <laughs> That's adorable. 
If you don't, if you don't think that the kid from Colorado is not going to get the Heisman, you're you're out of your freaking he can't, mind. He can't keep that up for an entire season. That's not that that type of workload is not sustainable in college football. Like it, it's not sustainable in D one college football. Uh, UGA at number four, they looked porous to begin with. They didn't look like they had. I don't know. It looks like they almost weren't ready for the season to start. It was, it was kind of odd, but the, the talent showed out. I have UGA at number four. This is all based off of week one and week zero uh, score lines. At number three, I have Alabama. I thought they looked very good and took care of business. Same at number two. Hey, I, I've, yeah. Uh, I have Michigan at number two. And then at number one, I have the team with the most impressive win that was already inside the top ten. Uh, before the season started, I have FSU. FSU taking care of business at LSU. I mean, I mean, really, really putting the smackdown on LSU. Um, I think Florida State right now is the de facto number one team just through week one results. We don't take any consideration at all, really, preseason rankings. Uh, so I have FSU as my number one school in the nation. Give me USC at five. Um, I think they looked have looked good uh, the last two weeks. They were week zero and week one. Uh, opponents and that they have looked good in both games. Granted, they're against inferior opponents, but they're the Pac-12, so yeah, they're going to have it. Uh, give me Michigan at four. Um, I can't stand them, but you know it is what it is. Um, they they look good, and it's bad. Um, and, and something to take note: Bryce and I are both Ohio State fans, and we both don't have Ohio State in our top five. I don't even know if Ohio State's a top ten team. It was yeah. that offense looked horrible. Uh, number three is Alabama. I'm with you there. Uh, they they look really really strong. Give me Florida State at two. Um, I I just can't justify. I can't justify moving Georgia out of the number one spot, regardless of if they look porous or not. They they're still the number one team for a reason, and they're going to remain the number one team. It's like what we had with Bama for a long time. You know what I mean? Um, you just can't move Bama out of the number one spot until somebody beats them. Um, and no one's beaten Georgia in a while. So, yeah. Uh, and so I've got Florida State at two and Georgia at one. Yeah, I just – I Florida State had a more impressive win week one over, over than, oh, than Georgia's win. Out, but yeah. at the same time, I can't justify it. They just I, – I'm I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put Georgia – at the number one spot just because they're back-to-back champions and they have a bunch of returning starters and they have a bunch of talent for uh, what was largely an unimpressive, unimpressive 48-7 to win over UT Martin. Do you think Georgia would beat Florida State right now? Uh, just based on week one, no. Really? No, no. Based on, the only, based on the only information that we have, the only information that we have is week one. We have a lot of rumors. We have a lot of stuff going on. We have a lot of we have a bunch of returners. We have all the mystique behind a back-to-back national championship winning team at Georgia, a Georgia team trying to win three in a row, which hasn't hasn't been done. I, I don't know ever, probably since Yale did it or something. Um, no, the only facts that we have are week one or and week zero. But I mean, the only thing that we have seen with our own eyes is the gameplay on the field through week one and the gameplay on the field through week one. FSU looked like a better team than Georgia. Okay. Well, agree to disagree, and that's why we have this podcast. Uh, in high school football, uh, my top nine, we just go through the nine that we have in our area. It looks like this. Uh, Carrollton 1 and Central 2. That has been like that, I think, since the start of the season. 
Um, and I don't see that changing pretty much probably all season. Uh, both of these teams, I would assume, are going to go through the season. Carrollton will probably run the table the rest of the way, and Central will be very close. Central's got a couple big in-region matchups, um, but I, I would probably say Carrollton Central finished the season at 1-2 and two in, our house, in our high school football power rankings. At number three, I have the Temple Tigers, man. They have been nothing short of amazing this year and super impressive every time they get on the football field. Uh, they raced, they uh, rushed for over 300 yards again this past weekend, so that's three straight weeks in a row where they've gone over the 300 mark. They've gotten close to the 400 mark a couple times, well over 1,000 yards combined rushing in those first three games. Uh, so I have the Temple Tigers at number three. I have the Bowden Red Devils at number four. Bowden got a big bounce-back win versus Bremen this past weekend in the big rivalry game out there. Um, a game that I thought was going to be a lot closer than it was. Bowden's offense seemed to start clicking again. Uh, Beasley and McGrin with massive games on the ground. And if that Bowden Red Devils offense can find chemistry and get those cogs rolling in unison, uh, Bowden's going to be really, really good this year. Uh, at number five, I have the Villarica Wildcats. They get a win down at Northgate last week. Uh, kind of a kind of a gutsy win. They stopped shooting themselves in the foot. That happened at Hebron Christian. So I have them at number five. At number six, I have Bremen. Uh, Bremen, I was really high on after the week one versus Heard County. Uh, but a showing against Harrelson County where they only scored 10 points and they go out and kind of get destroyed by the Red Devils last week. I have them moving down a slot. At number seven, I have the undefeated Mount Zion Eagles. Uh, and this team could move up pretty rapidly in the standings as well. A lot of good things going on for Brad Gordon uh, out there in, in Mount Zion. Brad Gordon was sort of glowing when we talked to him early in the season about his uh, about his Mount Zion Eagles. So I think there's a lot of promise out there. Number eight, I have Hurd County. Hurd's uh, just too many self-inflicted wounds, man, um, which is something that I don't think we're going to see too much of from a Shane Lasseter coached team. I think that'll get corrected very quickly but Heard County is now 0-2 as is Harrelson County or Harrelson County 0-3 losses to Rabin and Bremen in weeks one and two they're at Mary Persons this week and I have Harrelson County in the ninth slot I've got Carrollton Central as the one and two just like you do uh I've got Bowden at the three spot and, and basically like Bowden and Temple have swapped for me compared to yours so I've got Bowden at three Temple at four I agree with everything you're saying minus the fact that i just have them ranked a little bit higher you know the best thing oh. about that what's that we get to see those teams play each other in a couple weeks we do <laughs> <laughs> that'll take care of itself on the gridiron <laughs> um and i've also got about i've also got bremen and villarica swapped compared to yours so i've got bremen at five villarica at six um i think bremen has shown a little bit more than what villarica has as far as uh, grit and defensively I, I'm more impressed with Bremen I, even after giving up 40 plus to uh, to Bowden last week um, they've done a really good job this, this year um, but I've got Villaric at 6, Mount Zion at 7, um, they've only given up 24 points in the two games that they've they've played uh, Heard County at 8 and then Harrelson County at 9 How's, uh, how's Heritage of Noonan? Mountain Zion's got them this week. Do you know how they are off the top of your head? I'm just curious. I, I don't know. The one, the one game that I'm really concerned about this week is uh, Central. Central's game. Um, At McIntosh. McIntosh. And McIntosh, uh, 
Macintosh has a kid that has is averaging 130 yards a game in the air. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> as a wide receiver. Um, he's six five. Yeah, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be a problem. Wow. And uh, I I can't wait to talk to Umbre about it tonight. All right, yeah, that'll be interesting, man. That'll be interesting to hear his thoughts. Uh, Billy, it is Wednesday, and as everybody that listens to this podcast know, it is Pop Culture Wednesday, and I thought it was very appropriate that this week our Pop Culture Wednesday needs to be our top five favorite Jimmy Buffett songs. Losing losing a legend this past weekend, uh, I'd like to honor him by by playing our top five Jimmy Buffett songs, man. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I didn't get these on the on the um, hot buttons, but I got them loaded up for you, baby. Okay, cool. Yeah, yep. At number five, uh, this one you and I both have in our top five. It's just one of those songs that is, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just a feel-good song for me, and it's Come Monday. Come Monday, it'll be all right. Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight. I spent four lonely days in a brown early haze, and I just want you back by my so interesting fact um <laughs> i don't know why for the longest time i've always sung that song i've spent four lonely days in the brown and the haze okay and it's not brown and the haze no. it's the brown la haze <laughs> <laughs> i just found that out yesterday yeah, that song yeah. was written by uh, by Jimmy early in his career when he was uh, touring, uh, and he had he married his second wife, and it was you know one of those she was living in Montana because she didn't like the road life, and he was missing her a lot, and um, yeah, come Monday, one of the one uh, we were seeing it the other day, and Braxton looked over at me, and goes, Dad, what are hush puppies? And I was like, Oh man, they're old, they're old shoes that used to be all the rage. I said they're sort of like. The old school, old school version of "Hey Dudes" almost. Um, yeah. But yeah, come Monday, come Monday's pretty awesome, man. What you got, at number four? Number four, I've got Finns. Oh, great song. Whoa! Sorry, that is a great. Uh, no, that, it's gonna be so hard not to sing along with these songs. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Vince uh, is one of those songs that uh, follows uh, Buffett heads and Parrot heads everywhere because you know you talk about when you talk about uh, Buffett concerts, you you talk about putting their fins, yeah, fins up, right? yeah, fins up. I mean, that's the that's the moniker at all uh, Parrot heads is, is fins up and. Yeah, Fins is in the Big Eight, uh, part of the Big Eight songs that Buffett plays at all of his concerts. Um, so yeah, fin- I love Fins, man. That is a that is a phenomenal phenomenal song. It's a fun song to get the crowd going and involved in- with the band and the concert and everything. I'm I'm a huge fan of that song. Plus, it has Cincinnati in it, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, number three. Uh, this one, this one is one of my favorites of all time. Period. End of story. Uh, but it's. It's Cheeseburger in Paradise. Cheeseburger in Paradise. Not too particular, not too precise. I'm 
I like mine with lettuce and tomato. Heinz 57 and French fried potatoes. Oh, such a good song. Uh, so another interesting fact about this this song. I was I was driving home last night and I've, I've had the Jimmy Buffett uh, playlist on Apple Music playing uh, constantly for the past couple of days. And this song came up and I've got the lyrics kind of pulled up um, on my phone. So there's a point in the song where it says, I like, uh, it says uh, medium rare, right? Yep. I've, I'm 38 years old. I've been singing the song. I'm 37 years old. I've been singing the song for 25, 30 years. I love this song. I've been singing it medium rare with mustard be nice. <laughs> Not Munster. And it's it's Munster. <laughs> like Munster cheese. Well, you you think about when we were little and we were hearing these songs and we were learning and we didn't have the internet to go to to look up the lyrics, you know? And no. like, unless you, unless you had the tape of it and the tape had the lyrics and the little pamphlet thing that came with the tape, like, you know, sometimes we heard lyrics wrong. And as a seven or eight year old kid, when you heard a l- wrong lyric, you didn't really know it was wrong. So you just sort of went with it and sung with it. It's something that sticks with you the rest of your life. Yep. Yep. And that's, that, that one did. Yeah. I understand. Uh, number two uh, is son of a son of a sailor. Son of a son, son of a son, son of a son of a sailor, son of a god, hold the last time, one step ahead of the jailer. Yeah, that's, what a song, that's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite all-time songs. Oh, man, I could listen to that song on a repeat all day. It is... <laughs> me it, too oh it's just so good dude it's just it's i don't know it's it's all it's so comforting to like I, I don't know what is comforting about that song but it just is like it's a it's just a it's a it's a nice like you feel like i'm like a i don't know a late spring evening when it's sort of cool out and you play that and you have a nice drink and you sit outside maybe under a blanket or something or a fire next to a fire like that is just a i don't know it sounds like the quintessential sailing song my number one is should be the number one of all Buffett fans, but it, it, it's not for you because you're weird. I am. Uh, <laughs> which I love you for it, but still. <laughs> uh, give me Margaritaville. Wasting away again in Margaritaville. Searching for my lost sugar song. Song. I blew out my flip flop. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I, that song is so damn good. It's so iconic. And I saw I saw a comment yesterday when I was doing all this, and I wholeheartedly agree. Um, if that song ever comes on in the radio or you're you are anywhere out and about or whatever, and 
the person you are with doesn't sing along to Margaritaville, I would probably not trust that person for the rest of my life. Uh, I think that's just going to be one of my rules for the rest of my life is if Margaritaville comes on the radio or it starts playing on anything and the person I am with doesn't sing along with it, probably not going to trust that person for the rest of my life because that is, that is one of, I'm trying to rack my brain here, but I would have to say that has to be one of the most singable sing along songs that has ever been produced ever. Like, it yeah, prerequisites it, for a dating profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and trust me, uh, we, I, I know Emily uh, will sing along because we. I listen to. I, I've listened to Jimmy Buffett radio for forever. Um, it started on. It started in 1998 on XM Radio, and um, that's that's what I listened to when we go on vacations, uh, especially to the beach. And I, I remember listening to Margaritaville Radio. Our first ever vacation to Margaritaville came on, and you know we sung it the entire. It came on thirty five times on the way to the beach, you know. So we sung it all the way down there. Um, but yeah, I, I love that top five, man. I love that. That's Mar- uh, I can't imagine the uh, the business that Jimmy Buffett took one song and turned it into. I mean, the conglomerate of everything that Buffett had. I mean, T shirts, hot sauce, drinks restaurants uh you know retirement communities resorts and it was all centered around one song margaritaville yep i mean the guy was a the guy was a marketing marketing genius uh all right so my top five i have a couple of the same songs that billy had on there but i do also have some uh, some other songs some of his deeper cuts um uh, at number five i have a i have a song called 10 cup chalice it's another easy listening song. It was on the, I believe it was on the A1A album. I think it was the last song on the A1A album. Uh, and it's it's just a nice, easy listening. It has a little country twang to it. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of Tin Cup Chalice. Here it is. With a tin cup for a chalice Fill it up with good red wine I'll be chewing on a honeysuckle vine That's another one of those like just feel good sitting around, you know, with a nice cold beer on a spring evening where there's a bit of a chill in the air. Um, but what what this song was about was he went to St. Lucia's, I believe, a, kind of in the middle of him having a money crisis, and he, he came back to Key West, was having going through money crises and everything, and you know, he sings about wanting to go back to the island, and I believe it was St. Lucia's was the island he was talking about in the song. Yeah, it's a really, really good song. And right after that is is a really cool riff that I've always loved. I love that every single time I hear that song. I feel like that song is underappreciated by not not necessarily parrot heads, but like I don't, I don't know people that aren't as familiar with Jimmy Buffett's music. I feel like, I feel like that is a super underrated song of Jimmy Buffett's. Yeah, that's that's incredibly fair. Yeah. Uh, at number uh, number four, I have "Son of a Sailor" as well because this song is you can't have a top five Jimmy Buffett song list and not have "Son of a Sailor." It's so good. Son of a son, son of a son, son of a son of a sailor, son of a god. Hold the last time, one step ahead of the jailer. I mean, just. It's just it's just a nice song. It's just a it's just a nice song, and it's 
it's singing about Jimmy's life. Like, uh, you know, he, Jimmy was a son of a son of a sailor. Like his yeah. his, his granddad, you know, was a sailor down in, and down in um, uh, Mississippi, and that's what he turned into. I know it's kind of it kind of going chronically through his through his life. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Son of the Son of a Sailor as well. Well, uh, musically, real quick about yeah. uh, something about this song that I've always appreciated, and this is just me being the the band nerd or the music nerd that I am. Can you play that again? Uh, there's a spot right there in the middle of it um, that has two dings of a bell yeah, of, a, of a sea bell. Yeah, like off beats, yes. which is it fits perfectly. Play it again. All right. Son of a son, son of a son, son of a son of a sailor. Son ding, of ding. a god. <laughs> you hear that? Yeah. yeah. It it's completely like it's just off of of it's off of the downbeat and it's off of the actual upbeat too. It's just like um it's it's just beautifully placed and i love i love hearing that every single time i listen to that song i mean there's there's not many people that can incorporate you know a, a seafaring bell a tin drum a guitar a fiddle drums you know all the all the instruments that jimmy would fit into his music like uh, nobody else would fathom to do something like that like to, to make it all congeal together and and sound like a masterpiece it was it was nothing short of genius uh, from Jimmy and, and the way he wrote his music. At uh, number three, I have probably my kids' favorite song. I think they, I think my kids can sing this song word per word. And once again, sort of like Finn's, uh, which I'm a big fan of. This is a, uh, this is one of those songs that got the crowd involved, that got the crowd pumped. It's Volcano. Now I don't know. I don't know. don't know every time this when, song comes on um, in the car or anywhere the kids just start busting out singing it like it is it's a it's an instant oh i know exactly what the song is i want to sing along with it because it's a fun song it's a fun island theme feel song when a1a came to Carrollton and they sang this song what didn't they do the conga line they did in the middle of the yes song? yes okay. um I, so i didn't know this i looked i looked up and started doing research uh on a1a after they came and one of the founding members for a1a was the founding member of the first parrot head group uh, in atlanta georgia nice yeah the the lead singer from a1a when it originally formed back in the 90s was also the guy that filmed the first ever parrot head, you know, community, uh, and the first ever parrot head community was filmed right here in Atlanta, Georgia, which is pretty cool. I didn't know that. Um, awesome. Yeah. At number two, I have come Monday as well, because this, once again, you can't have a top five without come Monday on it. It's, it's probably artistically Jimmy's best song. Monday, it'll be all right. Come Monday. And the fact that he mentions that he's going to San Francisco for the Labor Day weekend and he passed away on Labor Day, like, I don't know. There's something there's something beautiful. There's something beautiful about that. There really is. Uh, and at number one, I have 
a, a song that resonates with me really strongly for I for reasons that I cannot explain. I don't know why it does, but a pirate looks at forty. I feel this song in my soul every time I listen to it, and and I relate to it so much. And for no real reason, I've never been a pirate. I've never been a sea captain. I've never been a boater. Um, I've, you know, never smuggled illegal drugs into the country, which he talks about in this song. I don't know why it resonates with me so much, but it just does. Every time I hear this song, it touches my soul. A pirate looks at 40. Yes, I am a pirate. 200 years too late. The cannons don't thunder. There's nothing to plunder. I'm an over 40 victim of fate. Arriving too late. I love I love that song. Every I, I mean I will I, I will put that on repeat. You. Do what? I know why that song resonates with you. What was that? Because <laughs> the next line. In the song I've been goes, drunk now I've, for over I've, two weeks. Passed out <laughs> in an alley and a rally. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean that's that's. That's by far my favorite Jimmy Buffett song. I and, and you know I didn't I didn't have fins on mine. I didn't have cheeseburger in paradise or Margaritaville. It's not that I didn't lo- I don't love those songs. They just don't I don't know. They don't touch my soul as mo- as much as some of the songs on my top five. And like about Jimmy Buffett, there's so many good songs oh that God, you could have. So many, dude. I was I I went through my top five for like a solid hour. Try because like. Down at the Lottie Da, grapefruit, juicy fruit, oh, bomb a breeze. Yeah. Like, there's, uh, there's just so many great Jimmy songs. Why that don't we get, get drunk. drunk. <laughs> That's a good, another great one. Um, his his rendition of Brown Eyed Girl. I know it's not a song that he wrote. Um, yes. and, and and you talk about you know all the ones that he's uh, been included on, like Five O'clock Somewhere. Um, yeah, Knee Deep in the Is Water. Yeah. Yeah, around. so like all all of the like, if you just know Cheeseburger in Paradise and Margaritaville from Jimmy Buffett, I really encourage you to go through his entire catalog and, and listen to some of his stuff. Um, you can probably start at White White Sport Coat and uh, Pink Crustacean. Uh, his first two albums, they're fine, they're they're okay albums, but I think he really catches stride at uh, White Sports Coat and Pink Crustacean. And I mean Jimmy's Jimmy's catalog. It's just legendary, man. There's there's never gonna be a singer, songwriter, performer, entertainer like Jimmy Buffett ever again. Um, and I, I I hope people when he was alive just appreciated him for what he was. Uh, and now that he's gone, celebrate him for what he was because he was a he, he was a, he was an amazing human being and a phenomenal phenomenal musician. Unfortunately, that was one of my bucket list concerts Same. You know, that I wanted. Yep, same. And I never got a chance to see him. So yeah, um, I guess that's another lesson. Like, if, if there's anything y'all want to do that that you're not doing because of time or money or situations or whatever it is, carve time out, fire man. If it, if it's one of those bucket list things, one of those you know kind of life, kind of checking off your life list type things, make time for it. Go do it because you don't know when your time's gonna be up or, or when the time to do that activity is gonna be up. I, I'm I'm right there with you, Billy. That's, I've been struggling with that for the past couple of days of. I've had chances to go see Jimmy, but I've always always made excuses not to go, whether it was money or timing or just me not wanting to leave the house. 
Um, I, I never got to see him, and, and now that opportunity is over, and it's something that I'll regret for the rest of my life, man. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's rough. It's rough. All right, uh, let's get to the Marine South scoreboard from last night. Let's get back to sports. Uh, Carrollton beats Sprayberry 5-3 on senior night. Senior Audrey Lassity threw a complete game in the circle, and senior Mac Goodman led the Trojans with three hits and two RBIs. Nice. So congratulations to those seniors. Carrollton's been Central on a bit of a roll recently in, in softball, I feel like. Yeah, they have. I can't tie They're starting to hit their stride, man. And the thing is, they've got uh, – They've got a bunch of young kids playing, like a bunch of freshmen and sophomores uh, that uh, that are playing right now, and it's they're starting to click, and it's really something to watch. That's four so, four wins in a row now. Wins over Heard County, Pebblebrook, Cartersville, and Sprayberry. So that's and they have a uh, they have a tournament coming up this weekend. So that's a good time to get hot if you're the Carrollton Trojans. Uh, Central beats Noonan 5-1. to one. Alexis Warren threw a six-inning complete game, uh, so congratulations to Central. Mount Zion falls to Armouche 12-6. to six. Uh, Emily Bird hit a solo shot. Um, Let's go. So congratulations to Emily Bird. Is um, she a junior? Is she a junior this year? Senior. Oh, Emily Bird's a senior. Oh, wow. I thought she was younger than that. Okay. No. Uh, Temple beat Darlington 12-1 to one, uh, in softball, so Temple continues to impress. Sleepers. Outside of that one that one game uh, that they lost to Hurt County, they've been on a roll because I, I think literally when I saw them versus Mount Zion, they were one in three. And I don't know off the top of my head right now, Bryce, but I'm sure you can pull it up real quick. But um, since then, they've only lost one game, I think, and that's against Hurt County. Temple is seven and one in their last eight. Uh, with wins over Lamar County, who is a good team, Bowden, who is ranked number one in the state, and Harrelson County, who is ranked number 10 in the state. Yeah. Yeah, and I called that one. I called that game. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, that's a that's a lot of fun. Villar can beat Tri-Cities on a forfeit. But, uh, so, Villar continues to uh, <laughs> still hold every single one of their region opponents scoreless. Yeah, I guess technically. <laughs> Tri Cities technically didn't score. I guess that that's true. Um, yeah, that kind of stinks. It kind of stinks, man, because you don't get to. Essentially, it. I, I don't know. Uh, this, this region Villarica is in is. I don't know. I don't know how ready it gets you for the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, they have to schedule some very very strong out opponent. You know, non region opponents and they do they, they do they do schedule very strong non-region opponents so yeah forfeit win that kind of sucks for Villarica it was a chance for Villarica to get better and unfortunately they they didn't take it but by no fault of their own like it wasn't their choice on the Smith's floor coverings games and events calendar for tonight Bowden is at Armouche um, and that's in softball uh, no no volleyball today um, I was checking the checking the schedule that we had but i don't think we've got a volleyball but that's it Billy, so that normally yeah. shape nights and uh yeah need another, fun. need another cup of coffee pal oh bro i need a cup of coffee yeah me too. i woke up late today man my alarm went off and i was like nope already prepped everything for the podcast yesterday i'm already prepped and ready to go i'm not i'm not waking up early this morning so i'm uh i'm with you um Another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Strong with Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Uh, fun fact about Jimmy Buffett. We're going to be doing this all week. Yeah. Who? Goose. Be a real estate group. 
are good. I hope he doesn't Thank mind. You. Not that he listens, but I hope he doesn't mind. Uh, fun fact, Jimmy Buffett, fun fact, we're going to be doing this on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, kind of closing out um, our podcast with a fun fact. He has sold over 20 million albums worldwide, and, you know, he was... Jimmy Jimmy got his start when albums were still big. I mean, that's the first time I ever listened to Jimmy Buffett was on a, was on the Changes in Latitude and Changes in Attitude album a forever ago, back in the 1900s as my kids like to say. So uh, yeah. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey hyperextends the knee ahead of opener. From what I have seen, the ACL is still intact, but he does have a hyperextended knee. Yeah, and I can't remember somebody on our in our f- group took him number one in our group. But I can't remember who it was. They took him number one overall? Or you just mean in the first in the, round? In the first round. Number one in the first round. Yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey was the number one pick in our draft? No, 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 no. Oh. No, Justin Jefferson was the number one pick in the draft. Okay. I I picked Justin Jefferson. Got you. But Travis Kelsey was a number a first round draft pick. In our draft, uh, Mr. Matt Skinner, our good friend Matt Skinner, right? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so. Yeah, number one. We'll see if we'll see if he's healthy. We see if he plays this weekend. Uh, TCU's linebacker says the sloppy loss to Colorado made TCU a laughing stock. <laughs> I I I would argue that the national championship game last year made TCU a laughing stock. <laughs> Yep. I I don't think any lesser of TCU after the Colorado game, Billy. Do you? Nope, not at all. I think I think Colorado just beat them. Yeah, and that's that's it, man. It's it's not and like it, we went into the game and I thought TCU was going to be a top five team, and now I think they're going to be the worst team in college football. Like TCU is still a good squad. They they just don't have a lot of returning talent. Like all their talent graduated. Um, so I, I don't I don't think any less of TCU after that Colorado game. I think more of Colorado. I think it was I I believe the narrative is more on Colorado than it is TCU for that game. But the national championship was a different story. By the way, shout out, shout to, out uh, the Pac-12 going thirteen though. Yeah, yeah, doing good. <laughs> I thought the Pac-12 was dead. That's what everybody was saying. Pac-12 is dead. Huh. Uh, billion today in 1995, Cal Ripken Jr. breaks Lou Gehrig's record and plays in 2,131 straight games. So this is, I, I've got to give a shout out to my mom. All right. So I, I've out. always been a big baseball fan. And uh, this was one of those games that my mom actually like allowed me to stay up and watch a little bit. You know, just she knew, she understood history a little bit about baseball knew how much of a big game this was and allowed me to watch it um and i i distinctly remember watching him go out um onto the field for the, the first part of this game and, and taking the field and just the pomp and circumstance that just followed it was it was just a really cool cool experience as a kid i remember this was what, 95 so 95, I was yeah nine. yeah i was six yeah I remember watching this game and being convinced that if I went out and ate Wheaties for breakfast every single morning that I would turn into Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> I was convinced. I remember watching this game and, you know, the, the records were put up or whatever. Like, and I was like, I got to go. Like, Mom, you have to go to the grocery store tomorrow and get Wheaties. Like, I got to be Cal Ripken Jr. 
And I remember taking the first bite of Wheaties and thinking, absolutely not. There's nothing in the world that would make me eat this disgusting cereal. On second thought, I'll be somebody else, not Cal Ripken Jr. Yep. <laughs> Wheaties was terrible. You got anything else to add today, man? No. No, I'm good. <laughs> Let's get out of here on a hump day. We will see you all tomorrow morning, same time, same place, and fins up. Shake your neighbors! Just shake them!